Hanging children is not a good thing. No. Welcome to Movie Mug and the Father and Son Podcast, whose fake ID says McLovin. I, that was a terrible movie. It had uh, potential. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. I wasn't a huge fan of it either. Because the rest of the population, besides us two, likes that movie. It had a great cast. And there's parts it, of it that I really yeah. like, but overall, I didn't think it was that great. I I don't even think I finished that movie. I think I turned it off. So It just it was not funny. And it's supposed to be like the funniest movie ever. Maybe if I was still in eighth grade. There were some just, funny parts in that movie. It was too much. We're talking about super bad for those of yeah, you who yeah. uh, have not seen it. Which is nobody. Everyone has. So high school kids, I know you're not too far removed from that. Were fake IDs a thing that people aspired to get in high school? Mm, not really. Pretty much everybody had a connection to someone who was 21. When I was a kid, my neighbor used to buy beer for us. But when, when he would buy beer for us, he would want to hang out with us, and we didn't really want to hang out with him. Yeah. So when we got older... We wanted to get fake IDs. Mm-hmm. Um, in our state at the time, it wasn't 21. It was 18 or 19. So I had a friend who supposedly had a connection, mm. and it was like it's going to be like $35, which was a lot of money back then. You know, you didn't want to just throw yeah. 35 bucks out. So he, he gathered our money. We went down. We got our pictures made, and then they were going to take a while to get. Well, we, me and him we go back out to them. get them. Dude, they didn't even look like driver's license or anything. <laughs> They were ridiculous. But there was one gas station where they actually worked. It was a Champlin gas station. We tried them all sorts of places, and they're basically like, get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> but this one gas station, they didn't give a shit. They uh, they sold us beer, so we went there all the time. Yeah, pretty much every time, like in high school, it was just someone who was already 21, like whether your parents bought it for you, whether your older sibling bought it for you, or people always had the connections. Sometimes we'd sit outside a gas station and um, wait till somebody cool, or wait till yeah. somebody who looked cool walked up, and yeah, we'd give them a little extra money and try to get us to buy them a sixer. But then we started hearing that undercover cops would do that every now and then, and mm. so we got we got spooked. Well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack, and we are a father and son duo who love watching movies, then having a conversation, but more importantly, spending that quality father son time together. Yep. This is episode number forty five. Wow. Quattro Cinco. <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, is he? He's a forty-fifth. I found a podcast that's just awesome. It's called "Making Podcasts Great Again," <laughs> and it's a guy who nails a Donald Trump impression. <laughs> he is so perfect at it, and he was already a comedian. He's funny as hell. So if you've not listened to "Making Podcasts Great Again," it's so good. Uh, I literally laughed out loud while I was listening. I could to it. not do that, dude. It's you awesome. Do a different voice for an entire. Sure, you could. Well, for an entire episode, maybe, but yeah. for all of the episodes? I, I know. I think he probably gets stuck in that voice every now and then. Like, imagine doing all... This is the 45th episode, mm-hmm. and we had a bunch that didn't really count, like the Halloween ones, mm-hmm. all in somebody else's voice. Well, th- That would be fucking terrible. Well, we can do it. It wouldn't be that hard. Imagine doing it in this voice. <laughs> I can't do that one very good. Doing a whole episode in it? Mm-mm. Welcome to Movie Mongin. The father and son podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like that one. No, I, I can't do that. People at all. wouldn't listen to that. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's lobby time with Vincent Jack. 
All right, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is a time we talk about things that aren't related to the movie we're going to be watching, but we think it's important enough to warrant some airtime. Mm-hmm. Jake, you want to play a game? Sure. All right. We've played this game before. I'm going to give you four movies, and you tell me which movie is a fake movie. Oh, shit. I forgot about this. So three of them are real. One of them is fake. All right. You ready? Yep. The first one. After a girl's wish for all animals to have the ability to speak comes true... Local robbers try to capture her talking hedgehog. This is Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Sonic. Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Um, The morning after his dog passes away, Alex wakes up with dog-like heightened senses, and now he can smell trouble from a mile away. A nose for trouble is what that one's called. (laughs) That's terrible. When their shy caretaker decides he needs to switch careers to find a woman... Zoo animals reveal their ability to talk and teach him how to woo the ladies. That's when, that one's called the zookeeper. That is like so bad that it has to be real. Like, I don't think you would have come up with that. And the last one, a talking canine that knows martial arts helps a detective to track down a criminal. This one's known as the karate dog. That has to be real too. Fuck. So there's the talking hedgehog, the dog boy... Uh, sexy zookeeper animals or whatever, and then the, the karate dog. Shit, and you made you made up the fake one. I I I fucked it up last time too. This is too hard. <laughs> I feel like all these movies came out in the eighties. Three of them are real. I feel like all of them are real and came out in the eighties, <laughs> where I guess anything goes. Anything was entertaining. Fuck. So it's either. I'm going to have to go with the hedgehog one, the first one. (laughs) Is the fake one? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Andy the Talking Mm. Hedgehog came out in 2017. What? (laughs) It got a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. We've done movies that got worse than that movie. Yeah. All right. Um, Which one? Just tell me which one was fake. Karate Dog came out in 2004. I knew that was real. Zookeeper came out in 2011. You made up the the dog boy. <laughs> a nose for trouble never existed. <laughs> wow. All right, you're uh, 0 for two on this game. That's very it's very hard. <laughs> you're you're. Well, I don't know what the word is. Decep- deceptionist. I'm a deceptionist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's not. A, I don't think that's the word. I don't know that that is a you're word. You're deceiving. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely that. You're deceitful. Without question. You're asshole. Um. <laughs> nose for trouble. <laughs> it was just just corny enough. Just no. corny enough, man. Yep. All right, you got anything else for the lobby? Uh, no. All right, well, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and Jack will unveil today's movie. Okay, so this movie came out in 2001. It's rated R. has a runtime of 131 minutes. And I was a little bit surprised... But I guess I should stop being surprised about shit like this, that Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 54% when it's a good movie, uh, while the audience gave it an 82. And then IMDb gave this a 7.6 out of 10. Mormon mothers tell us that there's a woman, or that a woman is shown opening a man's pants (laughs) and puts her hand in that. Puts her hand in that? Yeah. Her hand is shown to be rubbing man's penis, though no nudity is seen, but you can see her doing that with his clothes on. And then uh, there's only one use of the F word. Wow. This movie is called Enemy at the Gates. 
Nice. They gave it a 50 fucking four. We, we've both seen this. Oh, yeah. For y'all who are wondering. Jude Law. They gave it a 54. Yeah. And, and they, they dare to give movies like Us and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 good ones. Like, that is fucked up. I hate this company. I'll just go ahead and say it right now. It's a great movie. It is. I really love this movie. I do, too. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, what is not cool about sniping? That is, like, the coolest thing. Well, you didn't think it was cool talking about a bear sniping you in the mouth. That's a different sniping. Well, it's still... Sniping with the sniper rifle. The sniper's always cool, and there's so many cool, like, war stories where, oh, the dude was in a ghillie suit crawling through, and he shot the Viet Cong general, and then he just laid down in the field and was hoping no one stepped on him or whatever. Like, I... That was on a documentary a dude was talking about that. When I was in the Army, we typically read books about the Army, Vietnam, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And some of them were fiction, but there was one about Carlos Hathcock. And he's like... Hathcock. Well, he had the, I think, the most kills as a sniper. I don't know if it still stands up, but... White um, death. He was one of those guys who, who he had like the Vietnamese top sniper trying to find him. And he's the one who shot through the Vietnamese sniper's scope. Shot him in the head. Dang. Yeah. He's, and he has those stories too where he had to lay in the position for a long time. That might be the same guy. Yeah. um, If you like to read and you like things like true stories about snipers and stuff like that, I can't remember what the book was called, but it shouldn't be too hard to track down. His name was Carlos Hathcock and he was a badass. All right. Well, I'm excited about this. Me too. Um, This is actually when I used to do my own movie reviews and I wrote just for the hell of it as a hobby Vince's movie reviews this is a a movie that I actually did so that's kind of exciting now we get to do one on the actual podcast All right, well let's do this let's take a movie mug and pause yep and we are back after watching 2001's Enemy at the Gates damn yep Damn. It's such a good movie. World War II in general was uh, pretty awesome, man. I took a college class on well, World awesome War II. Awesome to learn about. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just watched a bunch of people, innocent people die, and you're like, it was awesome. You know what yeah, I mean. Poor, poor, poor thought process. I took but a I got it, yeah. class on World War II in the European theater, and it was the hardest college class I ever took because the professor was an expert on it, and mm. he didn't want you half-assing, and he just he knew so much, and I think he looked down on us <laughs> that we didn't know. I mean, it was just it was a really hard class, but I learned a whole lot. It, it was very very interesting. It may have been hard, but it was probably top five most interesting classes you ever took. That and some of the criminal justice classes I took were were my favorites. I mean, those are two of like the most interesting subjects ever. I feel like mm-hmm. criminals and war. Yeah, and I feel like. Of all the wars, World War II is probably the most interesting. Absolutely. And I mean, in in terms of watching a movie, I feel like watching a movie of World War II is more entertaining than like, I mean, we've seen like Lone Survivor and American Sniper and stuff, but I feel like World War II is just so fun to watch. I, I know you haven't watched it. I think we watched part of the first episode together. I still want to sit down at Band some point. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers mm-hmm. is fantastic theater, man. Uh, you've got to watch it with me sometime. I've seen parts of a snow episode, like a BTR or something shows up, and then they're like, I just remember the contrast of blood on snow 
makes, I don't know, it's just like it shuts part of my brain down and I'm just like, ah, like, this is so cool. Which, I mean, that probably, it sounds weird, but I mean, snow battles are so cool. Mm-hmm. And they, they have that extra aspect of you see every little bit of blood splatter. Big time contrast. Yeah. For sure. All right, well, let me give this the 50 Cent Tour. Okay. And we're not even going to have to read from the internet because this 50 Cent Tour is coming straight from my book called Vince's Movie Reviews mm-hmm. that I wrote. So let me let me grab it here. A secret, unpublished, authentic. Yeah. All right. So it takes place in 1942 during the heaviest fighting of World War II. The Nazis have taken Europe and now they are pushing into Russia. The battle for Russia has come down to one town, Stalingrad. If Stalingrad falls to the Nazis, then all of Russia will fall. The Russians are losing the battle. Morale is low and casualties are high. They have little hope until a young Russian sniper, Vasily Zaitsev, becomes the hero Russia needs. The tales of Vasily's heroics help turn the momentum. However, the Nazis know that if they can kill Vasily, then Russia's hope will be crushed. Enter Major Erwin Koenig, Germany's top sniper. He has one job, and that's to kill Vasily. Mm-hmm. That's that a, a good fucking, one. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was like... That covered everything. It covered everything. And that was a big part of it, the duel between them and the the outplaying and outsmarting and shit. And One of the coolest things about this movie was there's a battle going on, a crazy battle for mm-hmm. Stalingrad, and then you have this littler battle going on, this cat and mouse like game. in between it. Between these awesome two snipers, and they're having to deal with bombers coming in and blowing up buildings while they're there. They have to deal with laying in wait while and the enemies crowds of dead bodies and the enemies everywhere mm-hmm. you just and it's such a back and forth battle where one minute russia holds this land and then the next minute germany's pushed them off it and they have the land and so mm-hmm. sometimes you're behind enemy lines sometimes you're with your people and and it's just chaos you can't pay attention to all that shit because you have to have your full attention on the other sniper who's hunting you. Fuck yeah. He's the most dangerous immediate threat. Yeah. And he was a damn good shot, too. They both were. Yeah. I mean, there was one spot where even Vasily, he said it was an impossible shot, mm-hmm. which I feel like for to nail the shot that he nailed that I'm about to describe, you have to like kind of predict it. Either that or you're just like, you see his shadow. So there's this hallway that Vasily and his buddy were in and part of it is completely broken. The floor is missing, and the wall is missing. So, like, if someone was outside, they could see straight in, and they had to jump across that gap. And poor Vasily's buddy had to go first. And out of nowhere, it's not like he even knew they were there. He headshots this dude while he's, like, in in between jumping and landing. Mm -hmm. And he just fucking headshot him. Like, that has to be the most insane reflexes ever. I mean, he had a hunch they were there. Yeah, but that doesn't help that much. He was just prepared, man. He's perfectly prepared. Yep. Yeah. I mean, later in it, he shot a string. True. Yeah. I mean, the the dude is crazy. Yeah. He was, I mean, they were both amazing shots. the, The way this movie started is you got all these Russians on a train and they're being sent to Stalingrad, which is just. They don't even know what it looks like. Yeah, they don't even know. And then the train doors open, and they're yelling at them to get off, and all these guys are looking up, and you just see their faces change Mm -hmm. to horror as they see what this place looks like. The city's on fire. They don't want to get out of the— Guys in stretchers screaming, missing limbs. They don't want to get out of the train. It's it's complete shock from what they were sitting in to Uh, what they rolled into. Yeah. And then 
they get on a boat and they have to cross this river and planes are coming in, dive bombing them, shooting them up with machine guns, um, mortars, bombs are falling into the water. Mm-hmm. And then they finally get to land and they tell them one guy gets a rifle, the other guy gets like five bullets. When the guy, when the rifle dies, you pick it up, it's yours. Yeah. And so they're sending these like people. you got to follow your partner yes. who's destined to die. And so they're sending these people up to the front lines, two at a time, one with as a gun, one As soon as they fucking without. land. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, later on, like, three minutes later, the, the last few guys who didn't get killed by the Germans yet are like, fucking run, get out of here. And then... The fucking generals or officers or whatever, like, if you run back this way, we're going to kill you. They start killing their own men. Yeah. Well, I think Vasily was in a position at that point where he was just pretending to be dead. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when Ralph Fiennes come in, and, and that's kind of when uh, Joseph Fiennes comes into it. And that's the actor, Joseph okay. Fiennes. And he's like a political officer who who writes propaganda his car gets shot up, and so he ends up getting into this fountain where Vasily is. There's no water anymore. A bunch of dead bodies. Yeah, and then the Germans come up and machine gun it. He pretends to be dead, and then he gets a rifle, and he's going to shoot a, a German officer, and he asks Vasily if he knows how to shoot, and he's like, a little, and he just fucking starts popping off, just shooting he all these like shots. five guys. Yeah. All, like, because there, the, there are these officers in this, like, completely destroyed building, and they were setting up a shower for the the head officer, who's a big old fat guy. Mm-hmm. And he started off with him. As soon as an explosion popped off a little bit, a little farther away, it masked the sound of his shot. And that was so cool because he shot straight in the top of his head. That's all you could see. Mm-hmm. And the other guys didn't notice it first. And then eventually one guy turns around and he sees, and then he gets shot in the head. And then they're all getting shot in the head. Yeah. And what's funny is I'd forgotten, but that's a mission in Call of Duty World at War. You have to shoot a, a, a German guy who's showering from inside of a fountain. That's cool. It is cool. Well, after he did that, after mm. he got those five headshots and killed them, um, Joseph Fine's character is like, holy shit. He's and the, the legend was born. So he starts writing articles about him. Like tall tales somewhat. Yeah, somewhat, but it's it's inspiring the Russians knowing that they have this guy who's supporting them and who's just knocking out top leaders and stuff like that. Uh, I slipped earlier and I called him Ralph Fiennes. Do you recognize the name Ralph Fiennes? No, I, I heard you, and so, I, that's I confused me. So Ralph Fiennes is also an actor. He's Joseph's older brother. Ralph Fiennes is probably most famous for Voldemort. Really? Yep. Ralph Fiennes, the I, older brother, plays Voldemort. What about Ed Harris? He was... He was a great actor. Yeah. He was so cold and like surgical mm-hmm. and smart. And he was just outplaying the entire time. And he like, was the German sniper. Yeah, he was the he was the bad guy. And, but he was like I kind of rooted for him. Not really. I fully rooted for Vasily, but I liked this guy. I liked him. He wasn't like I mean he did hang a little boy. <laughs> he had sort of reason for it. He had an absolute I, I, reason yeah, for it. They were enemies, and the boy was trying to get him killed because the boy was meeting with him and then telling Vasily everything. It was fucked up still. I mean, it's a kid. I mean... Hanging children is not a good thing. No. We do not, no. We do not endorse we don't hanging endorse children. endorse hanging anybody. No. But he was cool. I, he was cool. 
He was a cool cat. He was rude. And you're right. He was calm. He was the cool old guy who'd already done everything before. Mm-hmm. And he knew he knew what was up. And like I said, he had that insane shot, and he shot the string. He was n- not to be fucked with. No. And especially for Vasily, who he's just kind of a good shot. He, he wasn't ever a soldier before. This dude, the German sniper, trained people how to snipe at like a, a German sniper camp. So he was like super seasoned, and Vasily, this was his first tour. Yeah, but he just had that natural ability. Because he, he grew up shooting wolves. Have you ever seen like documentaries or shows about like the Army Sniper School? No. It, it's really kick-ass. Um, I bet it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of shooting, but camouflaging is a big, big part of it. Mm-hmm. And so what they would do is you'd have to camouflage yourself up, and there was this certain area you had to be in. And then they had the instructors. Uh, hide and seek. Yeah, you had these instructors that would look for you through their scopes and try to find you. And then you also had people out in the field, and the instructors will call and say, okay, 10 steps to your right. Now move up five steps. Okay, now plant the flag right to your right. And if the sniper was there on the ground, then he's out. Huh. If he's not, they'd be like, nope, nobody's here. And <laughs> yeah, so you, camouflaging is a big thing. And there was a lot of that in this where you have to like shoot through this little hole. If you're like out and your rifle is seen, the gleaming barrel or the scope. No, no it's the gleaming scope. Well, sometimes. Barrel, does the barrel fucking gleam? Sometimes the barrels are shiny, and that's why you see a lot of times there's burlap wrapped around them. Ah, okay. You just don't want anything that looks like a rifle sticking out because then you have these seasoned snipers who see that shit. And the shitty thing is, you can't tell if your scope's gleaming. No. Like, it's it could totally be gleaming, and you have no idea, and then next thing you know, you're at Heaven's Gates, <laughs> and you're just, oh, fuck, what happened? Yeah. But they also, nowadays, I mean, I don't know how long they've actually had spotters, like your little buddy who has the binoculars, mm-hmm. but I, mean, I know they have those nowadays, and I'm sure those guys have to go th- through some, like, rigorous eye doctor, like, a, <laughs> can you read this letter with your left eye shut? How far? Like, stuff like that. I'm sure they have a lot of shit to learn, too. Oh, yeah. With a lot of eye training. I'm guessing they'd probably go to sniper school as well. I would think so. And learn how to work with snipers and Mm -hmm. learn how to calculate distance and windage and everything that goes into it. And that's another shitty thing. Wind. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish if I was a sniper and I had to go, like, snipe people, it would just be, like, the most dead, no-wind day ever. Yeah, because sometimes you (laughs) have to aim way high and way right or depending way left, on, depending. Depending on the distance, depending on the wind. There's so many factors that go drop. into it. And if you're, like I learned in basic rifle marksmanship in the Army, that if you're, like even your breathing is going to cause issues. Mm-hmm. So what we used to have to do is we used to have to, there was this thing that you stuck in your rifle and it was big enough to put like a penny on it, but not big enough to where the penny would stay on if there was any movement. Ah. And so we had to practice with a coin or a washer or something like that. Keeping balance. still, knowing exactly when to breathe. You don't pull the trigger. Squeeze it. Yeah, you slowly kind of squeeze it back. So there's really a lot that goes into it. And I could, man, the nerves you have to have to keep it together. And you're seeing another person's face on the other end. That makes it even fucking worse. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would ever have a problem with that. You know, I, I had to think a lot about going to war because mm-hmm. I was in during the first Gulf War. I didn't have to go. But we thought a lot about that, and I was, you know, you. There's have, thinking it though, and then of there's course, when you get there, you, you, 
but I think a lot it's of people. Hard to tell. I think hard a lot of people say. are like, dude, I couldn't do that. I I always felt like I would not have a problem shooting the enemy because they're going to try to kill me. Kill you, yeah. I just it's a mental game. Mm-hmm. You you can't let yourself identify them as another human being. You have to identify them as they're going to fucking kill me if I don't kill them. Yeah, you can't think about their wife and kids at home waiting no. for them. Absolutely it's, it's not. It's like if someone walks in your house and they got a gun and your family's there in the living room or something, that you don't think about that. Mm-hmm. You just do what you got to do or whatever. And, I mean, I I don't... I guess in the right situation, maybe I wouldn't really have much trouble with that, but it depends. I feel I it's too hard for me to say, especially when you went into the army and had to think about it a lot and went through the training. I didn't even have any of that. So for me, it's just like a spur of the moment. How would you deal with this? Which is, I don't think I deal very well with okay. it. How about the Kingsman training where you have to shoot your dog at the end? That, I would, no, I couldn't. <laughs> You'd be like Eggsy? Yeah, I'd I'm be done. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> but I, can I keep the suit though? <laughs> right. And the shoes. Yeah. And the uh gadgets. Mm-hmm. The umbrella. Yeah. Dude, I would care like even if it's like a super sunny day, I would always have that umbrella on me in case someone wanted to to try to pull a fast one. But how often is that gonna happen? I don't know. You know, we we talk. Someone asked, "Why you got an umbrella? It's so sunny out. You got a problem with that?" You know, I, I just go around starting shit. We we have the conversations quite a bit, and I think we've had them on here. Just if you could have one ability, would it be that you could just kick anybody's ass? You just have all these fucking oh, fighting cool. skills. Would it be like you have all the military skills, like with the secret gadgets and stuff like that? Or we watched something the other day. Who's that guy on YouTube? Do. Yeah, the do. The do. So he, he's uh, super good at guitar and piano. piano and, and he's, fuck, he's more than super good on guitar, man. That guy is, is amazing. Shredded. So having those skills, the musical skills, I think every guy would like to be able to beat ass, but how often are you really going to have that opportunity? I mean, how many That's fights have thinking. you been in? None. I've never exactly. been in a fight. So can you answer the question? Would oh. you rather be able to beat ass? It's not practical. It's not practical. It's, it's so fucking cool. And as much as I would like to just be able to have all those shit. Sh- bang, yep. bang. And like eight guys try to rob me in an alley, in a dark alley, and I can't see, but I still beat all their asses with like minimal punches and stuff too. That would be cool. Like Steven Seagal. Where you like, where you throw one into the other and it headbutts him in the stomach. Like Steven Seagal. Now they're both knocked out. No, no. Like That's what you're describing. No, no. Like, fuck. I can't think of it. Jason Bourne. Okay. Jack Reacher. Just like someone who like. It's so easy they for can't, you. Yeah, yeah. It's. You know their moves yeah. and you just react to it and, and you're just. you just control the, the flow of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. How fucking cool. Yes. It'd be cool. I, I could go nonstop about how cool that is. But you may never I would rather have the chance. be able to play every instrument. Yeah. Because, I mean, then whenever I'm bored, then I could just sit and I could play guitar or something. You could do I it could daily. Learn, I could learn songs. It's something I could do all the time. I would show up to parties with my guitar yes. and stuff. and Places I could just impress people. I could <laughs> sit in the park against a tree and play a song and get a chick or two. Like... That's just how it works. I could I could just be on on a corner of a busy street with like a lot of foot traffic with my my guitar case on the ground. I'm just racking up millions per day and just You know? Keep going. No. I did I used did to Did you do, write that? Fun fact. 
when uh, I would uh, shower as a kid, I would be in the my parents' bathroom, and I'd leave like the bathroom door open, and uh, I often listened to "Shout at the Devil" yes, by Motley Crue. That's what I was thinking. And I would make I would I most people sing along to their songs in the shower. I would guitar solo. Mm-hmm. I'd do the guitar parts. Yeah, we used to listen all the time because there were some songs you would sing to, and uh, it was funny. Shout at the devil. Yeah. Shout. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, there's a portion of that song where they cut out the guitar, Yep. and it's just them saying shout. Shout. I remember putting my my pointer finger and my pinky up, and I was doing the, the fist pump with it along. I was so... They got me hyped on that song. That that song just I don't even know what why I really loved it so much. Well, it's Motley Crue and I think Dwight before he goes out on a sales call on the office, I think he would listen to like Dr. Feelgood or Kickstart My Heart or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was a uh pretty sure it was a Motley Crue song that he did that to. But I don't know, it just it just had some effect on me. Um, Wait, we watched a movie today. Yeah, we watched a we, movie. We talk. You know what? We've talked more about this movie than we've talked about movies in a long time. And I kind of, yeah. I kind of had a feeling that's how it was going to be, just because this movie lends more itself passionate. more to being talked about than like Big Fish did, things like that. And plus, this is a movie that that we like, man. And that oh fuck yeah, that, that's more of our our speed for We're sure. We're so interested in in fucking shit like this. Mm-hmm. War movies are so cool if they're done right. In the end, Vasily. Ends up shooting the German sniper, um, just in like a you hoped it would. Fashion too. Uh, Rachel Wise was in this as well. She played his love interest, and he thought she was dead at the end, but they end up kind of meeting up in the hospital. Yeah. So it had two happy endings: the German sniper getting shot right through the eye, and then Vasily and uh, Rachel getting together. And they had uh, they had quite the sex scene in there too, yeah. didn't they? And uh, that Joseph Fines is how you say it. Mm-hmm. He was was getting on the wrong track. He was being mean and getting jealous. And he was basically, from what I took from it, he was sending Vasily to a place where he was going to get killed. Like, tell the general that Vasily will be there too. And that made me think, oh, he's going to send him somewhere dangerous with all the other guys. But then in the very end, Vasily is waiting for the sniper to show up, and the sniper's waiting for Vasily to show up, and... Joseph's character goes next to Vasily, just talks to him for a little bit, and then he apologizes like, for being an ass. And then he says, "Let me help you find out where the other sniper is." And he sticks his head out, gets headshot. Mm-hmm. Which I hated him in the movie. I remember hating him in the movie. I mean, that's redemption right there. There's n- pretty much no. I was gonna say no better apology, but no, please don't, <laughs> <laughs> please don't be doing that. But that's that's like the highest, like. That absolves you of everything you've ever done to me. If you, you if you tried to save my life like that, it's the ultimate sacrifice. For that's sure. what I'm. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, and he made it, and it got him the W, because uh, the German sniper was walking up after he shot him and didn't realize it wasn't Vasily, but he's still being cautious. But Vasily already got him. Yeah, the German officer was walking, and then he just froze. Because he caught out of his peripheral vision, Vasily just standing there. Amen. Turned around, looked at him, took his hat off, and then boom, right through the eye. He like lowered his rifle, let out a big sigh, and he knew it was he, done. Yeah, he knew it was done. Yeah, that was a good ending. And his son had died in that battle at some point too, so he came to terms with it. All right, favorite parts. 
the beginning was really intense. Mm-hmm. I love when a, a war movie or war related movie starts off intense, like Overlord. Like, yeah, um, the airplane scene. Saving Private Ryan starts in Normandy, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the storm in the beach. The Holy Grail of all starts. Oh fuck yeah! And, and this had that that start. It was really intense. But favorite parts, man. That's really hard. I feel like this this movie's got a lot. Um, I mean, of course, it was badass when he shot those five guys. One, the one who was showering in the very mm-hmm. beginning. I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little longer. You got one? Yeah, I think my favorite part was just the time from when they started getting off the train and just the scared looks on their faces like, fuck no, I'm not getting Mm -hmm. off this. I don't want to run into that. To the boats, to the ground where they're saying, here's a rifle, and when the guy drops it and dies, then it becomes your rifle, through the killing of the five officers. Just that whole stretch. Yeah, yeah. Was fantastic, was really good. and I would say that that's my favorite part. It was just it hooks you for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was that was greatness. That was I my think, favorite part. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna say an exact favorite part. I really agree with what you said. Um, another cool moment is when he finds out about the sniper, and him and this girl go up into this building with all these like this trash and mannequins and shit, and. Previously, he had shot a helmet that was in the window, and then they went in. He finds out it was attached to a mannequin body, and you just kind of you find out more about the German sniper because he moved. He set up that decoy trap with a rifle and everything, and then he has he got behind all these clothes that are on this rack, and he put his gun between two like coats, and he's just so sneaky. <laughs> All those parts that I've just talked about and that you've just talked about are all my collective favorite part, I guess. I don't know. All right, bucket of chicken time. I have to give it to Vasily. Not the well, the actor was great, but the actual guy. Yeah, Jude Law played Vasily, and he was, he was fantastic. Great, really was. So my bucket of chicken. I was giving away buckets of chicken when I wrote this my movie review book. That's where that came from. Yeah, right? it's where it came from. So. But I gave out as many buckets of chicken as I wanted to. So oh. in this one, let me just read it. And the bucket of chicken goes to Jean-Jacques Anod for an absolutely brilliant picture. I'm guessing that's the director. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jude Law for his betrayal of a Russian sniper. The entire crew for putting this together so well. The set, the sounds, the makeup, the effects, the cinematography, etc., were all wonderful. Mm-hmm. And on the last page, the bucket of chicken award for the best movie of 2001. So, so I gave away four buckets of chicken. If I have to, if I have to narrow it down, I changed mine just now. <laughs> okay, Ed Harris. That Ed Harris get your bucket he of chicken. He was so good. I just fucking loved him. Wow. He was the German sniper, by the way. I'll reiterate that. It's well, a, I guess I'm gonna have toughie. to. I guess I'm just gonna have to give it to his uh, to his nemesis, uh, Jude Law, Vasily. Zaitsev. And I mean... Jude Law was great. He was. He really was. All right. Score time. Uh, I'm feeling a 96. Wow. Okay. This is great. It was great. It's a great movie. I gave it... I only scored one through 10 on my movie reviews. I gave it a nine. That's basically what I just gave it. Yeah. I didn't do... Or did you do decimal points on No, that? I didn't no? do decimal points. It was just... Uh, if it was a Straight nine, up. it was nine. Um, I didn't want to give it a 10. I think 95 
is is where I am. It's it's a great movie. There weren't any weaknesses in this movie. It was put together mm-hmm. so well. It was casted great. The set was just fantastic, man. Oh, it looked so right. Just For real. I mean, all the battles going on. I mean, it was it was just a fantastic movie. I, the atmosphere I, was insane. I definitely love this movie. In my head, I'm kind of thinking a little bit. Well, why don't I give it 100? It was so good. But even though I can't really give a reason why, it's just whenever you watch a 100, you know it's a 100. I agree, 100. percent And that's like like for all the 18,000 that I've given a 100, <laughs> I just knew. I just you can just feel it. All right, got anything else? No. All right, guys and gals. Well, thank you for tuning in to episode number 45 of Movie Muggin. If you want to keep up with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MovieMuggin, or if you'd like to email us, MovieMuggin at gmail.com. Guys, we so much appreciate you listening. We hope you're staying safe and your social distancing out there, and we will catch you next week. Yeah. Latris. See ya. Mushrooms, weed, beer, hard liquor, and sleeping pills.